This is The Real Footy Podcast. Coming up, the Magpies have won a record equaling 16th flag in a grand final for the ages. We'll dissect all the highs and the lows, the contentious decisions. Where to now for the Pies and the Lions, all right after this. He can keep going. Look at this. Bobby Hill's almost out the back door. The Sun Hill! What a grab, looking straight into the sun. Starcevic had trouble with it. And Bobby Hill is electric here today at the G. Barry with a spinning move. Long ball forward. Charlie Cameron just couldn't trap it. Still keeps his feet and kicks a goal. The Lions are in front. Dacos on the front centre got away handball. Dugowie on the move. Turns around, he's centred and he's got it. Dugowie's kicked the goal and put Collingwood back in front. Hello and welcome. My name is Michael Gleeson and joining me today are Jake Nile and Caroline Wilson. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Michael. Caroline? What a season. What a season. What a game. What a final series. Five games at the MCG, more than 90,000 people at every single one of them. And unlike last year, the grand final did not disappoint. And 100,024. Do you think there were 24 people? Were they just 27? Yeah, whatever. Just, just snuck a few extras in to make sure it got over the 100. Look, there were so many stories. Craig McRae, oh, little Maggie, little born Maggie, on the morning of. 7.45 in the morning. As somebody said to me this morning, um, Craig McRae didn't heed the advice of his old coach, Lee Matthews. Yes. About, <laughs> about <laughs> no timing the birth of your children. <laughs> but um, that was an extraordinary right. story. The heartbreak of Chris Fagan, who this time last year was out of the game completely for a period after the Hawthorne report was revealed or the investigations were revealed. You know, Bobby Hill oh. suffering... Cancer, testicular oh. cancer two years ago. They tried to get him a year earlier to Collingwood. You know, the do better report, really. Well, I mentioned that in my report. That, that, so dying. Yeah, that, that if. He got, said came to, me, to that, full circle, didn't it? Well, really, that, that, if, that if they hadn't, they had claimed to clean up their salary cap and they obviously is Collingwood. And the do better report, though, you think about that, would Bobby Hill be there? Now, it's well, debatable, but would he feel like it's a welcoming place? Well, his uncle's Leon Davis. And he was one of those who spoke out strongly about his experiences of racism there. Following the Do Better report, he's one of those players that's been welcomed back into the club in an official role. Andy Crackers there, they were all in the room. Um, Bobby Hill spoke to that, like he was hugging them and spoke to the fact of the, the, the environment they, they have in there now, which is a world away from a few years ago. It is, I think, um, and clubs fundamentally who've been in the doldrums to whatever degree and Collingwood, it wasn't, it's only 13 years ago. I mean, Scott Pendlebury and still side bottom played in the last one amazingly, but they fundamentally had to change in the way that Richmond has to change, had to change the way Essendon will have to change. They changed. And Carlton and, trying and, to change. Yes. And Dar- you're right. You're right. And Darcy Moore led that. I, I remember after the famous proud day comments by Eddie, I think you wrote, or one of us wrote that Darcy Moore had led Almost yeah. the player revolt. I, I spoke to Darcy uh, about that. Well, yeah, no, and Darcy, uh, Darcy was on the front foot. It wasn't the club; it was Darcy. There was the players. He was, he was, he was talking directly to the media. And he wasn't captain at the time. No, he wasn't captain. No, and he became well. He, look, he probably didn't have one of his best games on Grand Final day, but you know, it was another full circle, wasn't it? When the person who famously threw away the losers' medal and they banned losers' medals or eliminated them after Peter Moore did yeah. that. 
presented the cup to his son. I mean, yeah. it, and, and it, in the you sca- couldn't in, script the romance in, of this. In the scheme of it, that was a lesser story than probably the McRae thing seemed to me to be the, 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 the one. And then about the players, I mean, I, I thought of calling it, you need, you know, you need luck. And to have Steel side bottom kick that goal, mm. I could, I'm watching you going, he can't kick it that far. And then the kickers cleared it easily. But I, I, I was just was, amazed. Was, was the, was the he ball moving further? He yeah. said there was a yeah. breeze at his back. He said there was a bit of a, felt a bit of a waft of breeze. But also the heat, the ball's a bit lighter. It's just... Balls, there was a lot of long goals in this game. I mean, I look at even to, on the Brisbane two side. Two of them after the siren, well, which... Well, two yeah. after the Bris- siren. Brisbane should never have allowed. Crucial. And, and, and then Zach Bailey's second goal. They're both fantastic, but the second goal would just about win goal of the year, wouldn't it? If it was if it was in oh, the running, Ashcroft was pretty hard to beat. It's oh, a kick out of the air from the boundary, but this it was pretty was, good in a grand final. It was final. in a grand final with everything riding on it. Um, Link McCarthy's goals too. Like it, there was that was the point of this game and why it was. I think you t- you wrote about as well that it's one of the great grand finals of certainly of this century because it it had. The skill level was incredible. The, the the lead changes and some just some great moments. I, I thought that the when Collingwood last won a flag, the the Heathshaw smother the smother of the century Nick on yep. Nick Rewalt was a moment that really um, was the indelible image of that that one of the indelible images of that that grand final. I thought Bobby Hill climbing up over Starsevich to take that mark and said, I didn't see the ball until it was coming down. <laughs> it sort of hit him. Yeah. Um, was just a brilliant. Brilliant moment. I mean, that was also one and, of the and there great was, marks and, of the and year. And the end, there was a bit of controversy with the with the advantage call. Um, well, it was a ridiculous non-call. Well, which, a co- ridiculous well, call. Well, well, it just shouldn't have been paid. No, it just shouldn't have been paid. Now, I can wasn't one, it wasn't the umpire's best day. I mean, it was great that there were no score reviews. I mean, yeah. that, that was no, a, that was interesting. Wasn't um, it? it it started with an, a horrific bounce, which I know is no big deal, but it probably just set the tone for. I didn't think the best umpiring day, but no. umpires had no bearing the, on the result. The only thing, well, they might have. The only well, thing that um. I did like from them was numerous times they just said get up, players just falling over trying to milk freeze. Yep. They just said get up, and I really liked that they, they that they didn't Good fall point. for it. Um, I thought it was an, a grand final. We've spoken about the stand rule and whether that would have an impact in a grand final. Well, well, it did. Yeah. Um, uh, Markov stood up was 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 backpedalling when he was called to stand, and he thought. Obviously, thought because he was already moving, well, he, was that he could stiff. keep going. That was a that was a tough. 50. And you called. I don't think if a player's moving away from the mark, I thought that was a really tough fifty. So, you know, you, you sort of equate that with the Lockie Neal advantage call. I, I think. It, look, I, I would I would say I think that Lockie Neal call was wrong. Clearly, I do think though that in any honest reckoning of this game, Collingwood were the better side. This was yes. not Brisbane were not unlucky to lose the game. And I Chris, think that's really that was the essence. No, Brisbane didn't Chris take Pate. their chances. And Collingwood, it's not that they win games now, they just won't lose. Yep. Craig McRae has taught them how not to lose. He's killed the Collie Wobbles single handedly. Wasn't that a great column by Greg Baum about yeah, the Collie yeah. Wobbles on Saturday? Anyway. Possibly I, felt a little bit, I think. <laughs> I, I think you raise a really interesting point that quietly, Craig McRae's snuck up on the competition by. He, they've changed their game throughout the year from being the team that was the. From last year on, for the fast, helter skelter, high scoring team to the one that just stops you scoring and grinds. They've, they've second half of the year they've been a team that has just been defensive, and found it found it more difficult to score. The 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 other extraordinary thing about this grand final is it was a premiership one without a key forward. Like yeah, well they the, played, well, the Bulldogs did that. Yeah, well 
They also Richmond had, had Richmond had in the first flag. Richmond had Jack, but they had this other rest of their forward line was just small. And Jacob Townsend, well, Collingwood had so you could get it done. Correct. Sorry, Collingwood had Frampton playing as a defensive yes. player on Harris Andrews. Not a bad two possession game in the end. Like he he kept Andrews fairly quiet, but Andrews should have taken the game on more as he did in the last quarter. Yep. But Eric Hipwood had no real influence. No. I was surprised Joe Danaher wasn't in the Norm Smith votes. I thought oh, he had I, a great I thought, game. I thought the Brisbane's two best players were McCluggage and Danaher. Yeah, I was and, surprised uh, that Coleman was I didn't think Coleman Coleman didn't do anything. He had a great time. Third, yeah. He had a great first quarter, thirteen touches. But he only finished the game with twenty six. Yeah. He needs think... to get fitter, doesn't he? Because I, I think Brisbane is still very much in the frame to win a flag. But and there are things they can do. Do they they need to take the game on more. They need to change their game plan, I think, to a degree. And Chris Fagan's already done that. But players like Coleman, a couple of kilos lighter, not that I can talk, mm. but you know, he, he that will make him that that will make him a star. Because he, he did star early on. Oh, he's a very talented. He ran out of legs. They're also they welcome Will Ashcroft back next year, the year after his younger brother, who's, you know, almost his junior form suggests he's almost as good. Very um, few players comes over in. 30. And, you know, there's yeah. blue sky for them in that and, sense. And there was also a sense that, I think you're right about not wanting to lose, loss of version, a friend of mine calls it. Mm. And um, it was Sidebottom and Pendlebury and Jeremy Howe refused to lose. And Scott Pendlebury, in the last Scott Pendlebury's won two premierships now, 13 years apart. He's going to play probably get to 400 games. He's won a Norm Smith medal. He's won five best and fairest at Collingwood. He's been a six-time, I think, All-Australian. He is going to go very close to being a legend in the future, I think, as a result of that result. I think so. I agree yeah. with that. I think he's and a he's legend. he's in the conversation for Collingwood's greatest player. Yep. No, we've been we've been discussing that. We've yeah, been I discussing that um, before you arrived, Jake. I think that um, you go back to the non-losing. Remember when they lost by a point to Sydney, and McRae said, "Stop behaving like losers" or something no, like was, that. It was the Geelong game. Oh, was it? Sorry, the Geelong game. Yeah, it but, was the Geelong game of, of the qualifying final, which was a mighty game as well. And Geelong were be- Geelong were better, mm. but this had a little bit of Geelong last year about it. In that they didn't have the, the obviously the sort of grand final Geelong had. Geelong had their scare in the first game, but it was like the veterans of Joel Selwood in the Pendlebury sort of role of Patrick Dangerfield. Let's say he's like a side bottom. Those older players who this is possibly their last chance, probably their last chance, mm. not accepting it. And the way Scott Pendlebury, I thought he was, outside of Hill, I thought he was the most influential player on the field. I'm saying influential because I know Darcy Moore's the captain, but who was marshalling those players at the end that of that last game? quarter? They don't win without Pendlebury's last quarter. I think um, there's also a couple of people that deserve recognition from it. One being Ned Guy, who initiated the the fire sale that was supposed to be chicken little. The the whole sky was falling um, after that. But Graham Wright at the end of last year, coming from a prelim final, two of Collingwood's best players on the ground: Bobby Hill and Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell was fantastic yeah, he on was. Saturday. Yep. And, yep. and he hasn't had a great second half of the year, but he had a great grand final. He had a, a pretty good final series overall. His last 10 minutes uh, in the prelim were, were excellent when they had to just ice that game. But he he created goals, the chip kicks into the forward line. He was fantastic. And he, they were two targeted players. And one of the players that was um, really significant in his in not being there in Dan McStay, you know, another targeted you know, recruit in the off season. So I think, 
in very well, impressive they, off-season they very work much, last year. They very much missed McStay. Yes. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it was a, without McStay, they, they had that problem. So they had to basically play defensively on completely defensively with Harris Andrews, which was a interesting choice. I, I, I don't, I didn't think it was the right call, but who am I to argue with uh, McRae? So you two are erstwhile Collingwood historians. Mm. So they've won this premiership with, Finals totaling, I think, 12 points. Like, they've won every final yep. by pretty slim margins. I mean, by the, the slimmest of margins. Was, was, was the luckiest, really. Extraordinary. And to yeah. think that the Giants have watched Jeremy Cameron get a flag last year and Bobby Hill this year. I mean, yeah. anyway, tough. Tough to watch. But um, they, and I have talked about this, but 1990, they partied too long and yes. gave away the chance of a, a dynasty, really. And then the coaching succession plan took a few years, far too long to bed in because of all the acrimony. So 2010 became the solo flag. Yep. Is And I, I know there are 18 teams now. They're hard to win. But is this team good enough to go again, to be a dynasty like Geelong no. and Hawthorne and no. Brisbane and I wouldn't have thought Richmond? dynasty. No. Not with them. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, they've, they've, they've got another they, – they could certainly win another flag. I mean, they, Pendlebury and Side Bottom are obviously older, but you see the way they played that game. They, they can but win another flag. It would have to be next year. Well, you know, you know there's happened. a lot of players. If you look as as it stands now with the list 20. they've got, no. Well, the, uh, what I think is that they're going to. I think they're going to find it hard in the next couple of years. But they have they can do a pretty quick rebuild around Nick Dacos and and uh, more Degoe, those players who are 27. You now. still don't know so, yet. But, but look, it's so even in the competition. I think it, I think we've got to get past the idea of. I mean, Richmond had a dynasty, but Richmond had a Richmond's core of good players with Cochin and Martin and. Um, Rewalt were and Edwards were 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 younger than the Collingwood. Then some of the Collingwood players are that age, and some of them are older. So it's a kind of it's a balancing act. I, I would say it'd be very difficult. But Craig McRae is a great coach. I was near. He is. I, um, I was on um, Offsiders on Sunday with Luke Ball, who helped select Craig McRae, and who sat with Nathan Buckley who became very emotional and was at the function on Saturday night, as was Eddie Maguire. Um, I think they were both mentioned by Craig McRae, who's been incredibly gracious, as was Chris Fagan, by the way, in his press conference after the game. But, you know, they... Um, well, I don't know if Eddie has actually admitted this, but Nathan Buckley has in that interview with Michael Warner. You know, he said, I had to... For us to get better, I, I realised I had to go. I saw what was wrong and I saw that I was part of it which is a big admission, but it would be tough. You'd be happy for all those kids who you felt like a father to, but tough yeah. in a way too, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. And I think the, the club sort of um, reached out a bit to Eddie and over the last, and, and, and Bucks. And a state, it was pointed out to me by one of the f former board members that there is a stability about the place when, yes, they had a fairly public uh, presidential change, but... They didn't fall out with Jeff Walsh, who left, and there was a transition to, to Graham Wright. They didn't fall out with Nathan. Nathan Buckley was there again last night. Yep. Um, they recognised that Eddie, you know, there was there was acrimony Eddie at, was at the point that he left. The fold. But he yep. was brought back into the fold. And I thought it was even actually clever the way they did it too. In in one, in one of the ways they did it with the, the, past, the past players. players. Paul Tuddenham on the board is yep. also the president of the past players. And the board wanted to bring Eddie in and recognise... The, the platform that he built for this well, for where the club is now. Well, what you can't have is you've got to have 
and this was an unfortunate thing with Mick Malthouse into Nathan Buckley, you have to have the person who's left, whether that's the presidency or the coach or whatever, um, feeling a sense of ownership of the next people that come in, that, that they've created a platform. I think Nathan Buckley feels that mm. in what I what my conversations with him. He feels that he has provided something that Craig McRae has built on. Whereas I, I, at some clubs that hasn't happened and it hasn't always happened at Collingwood. It's certainly the, the, the handover from... Um, Malthouse to Buckley was was fractious. It's extraordinary, isn't it, the influence Craig Kelly's had on that club. While from outside. Not, while you, from before. outside. And you gave me the idea of writing about the 1990 yeah, dynasty. And I found out in the course of the week that Craig Kelly's the succession plan is sort of unofficially already in place. He will be the next president when Jeff Brown steps down. So you could see Kelly as president, you know, in the next few years and Graham Wright potentially. As so, CEO, yeah. if, if not Ian Patterson, and, uh, if he wants to move that way, sort of floating around, it's a sort of. he's loving it. He, he just, he's just the, the wonderful window dressing, and you know, oh, look, he's the greatest ever player, what best player I've ever seen at Collingwood, anyway, in my lifetime, and um, still, even now, with Scott Pendlebury probably just ahead of him and and Bucks, but um, to watch a father show such unbridled joy, as Michael Christian said to me and his kids, and not be in any way a classic footy father of standing back. He was front and centre. And when he said to the ABC after the game, it was a three-month injury. You know, that Nick had, I reckon by February it'll be a six-month yeah. injury. Well, I, I, can <laughs> now, I, can now, I can now take the liberty, I think, of saying that when I interviewed Jamie Elliott, Peter Takos came over and made some comments about Jamie's leading patterns and just gave him a few pointers <laughs> <laughs> on on, uh, on Sunday when they were doing an open meeting session. And Jamie turned to me and said, well, there you go. If I take 10 marks, it's Dakes. Well... <laughs> Well, he didn't. But um, it's like Bradman Peter coming Day over and telling yeah, you. Yeah. It's like Bradman coming over and telling you how to change your your, your stance. Yeah, but anyway, it was. Uh, look, it was it, it was. Yep, yeah, go on, please. No, I was going to say the other storyline to it was was Nathan Murphy. You know, Collingwood. Oh yeah. You know, he knocked out, ruled himself. Well, concussed, not knocked out, and went off for the concussion test. I think was cleared to go back, and then basically ruled himself out and said, "I'm I'm not right." Hmm. That's interesting. What, what do you? What do you? What does that mean? Well, he ruled himself out. The doctor didn't. It speaks for itself. Like how? How? How does the concussion test work? And it was Nathan Buckley who said on air a few weeks ago that you know the doctors have a very, you know, difficult role because of their club loyalties and their loyalty the pl- mm. to the players' health. And you're thinking. No, no, that shouldn't be a divided loyalty. Mm. But I think Peter Gordon, actually, just to digress for a moment, addressed all the clubs last week on the day of the Brownlow medal and alleviated their fears about legal action to a degree, but said to them that the biggest problem, the biggest problem the game has is club doctors because of those club loyalties, mm. which is you know, fascinating to me that they're all openly admitting it now. Yeah. Well, do you think it's going to get to a point where you'll have a, an independent doctor? I think it could well head that way. Well, Jeff Brown's been pushing for that for two years at every game. So the has doctor to be, doesn't have to make the call. The club doctor has to be on concussion. On concussion yeah, has to be. But um, you know, Nathan Murphy's had an interesting um, final series, and in the end, it didn't really hurt Collingwood. Oh. Although it looked like it looked like it was going to. I can't believe it didn't. Like I know Darcy Moore um, uh, was beaten by Joe Danaher on the day, but I also felt that part of that may well be that he was he was trying to hedge his bets a bit between opponents, um, sitting off Joe, Joe a bit, allowing him latitude up the field, which was 
not helpful because he, you know because he was wor- he was worried about fold, having to fold back onto Hipwood or, or others because he didn't have that extra there. And Jeremy Howe's performance as a result was just fantastic. Yeah, but it, and it's getting back to Brisbane, what they did wrong. I mean, and I do think they'll have to look at maybe becoming more chaotic, or they they didn't take the game on the way they did against Carlton. But they aren't they the number one stoppage team in the league this year? And yet by halftime they they just had barely won a stoppage. Yeah, and yet they, they were well, still they, well. They, they had some wins, but they weren't the wins that Collingwood had. No, they they were they, well they, they behind were, in yeah. what is normally their their big strength. Yeah. It became their Achilles heel, and yet they were still so much in the game. So I thought, as many thought around me, that they would prevail because no, of I that. thought their midfield was beaten over the day. I think if you go man for man, they Collingwood had the better midfielders. I don't yep, think true. Um, you know, not that they were didn't all poor. Best game, no, he wasn't Dunkley poor, was but he was right. okay. Dunkley yeah, was okay. But I think Dugowie had a better game. Well, Dugowie, it was a classic thing of Dugowie's ability. Dugowie's kicked those two goals, and those two goals, the one after the siren, he, he just mm. went back and bang, 55 He didn't even think of doing it. He didn't think of doing it. Well, there was no time. I don't know if they got the me- if he saw a message. but yeah. And then that second one, that bit of play. So Penelbury gets the clearance out of the middle. I think Nick Dacos Nick had a little Dacos give. a handball over the his head. The ball goes into chaos. The ball bounces up. There's a lot of high bounces in this mm. grand final with the hard ground. There's a tap. I think it was my check or someone. And the and Nick Dacos grabs the ball and he does a, a kind of jump in the air handball and to Dugowie who who kicks it off one step. That's the talent. That's Pendlebury's talent. That's Nick Dacos's ability. He's done the tap handball high in one motion almost. Mm. It would would have been you know like other days you would have just thrown it. But uh, the other Brisbane player so Jake who who could have had an influence on a day like, and I thought Wood was Cam Rayner. And yeah, yet he just... Yeah. He was down. He down, was down. Yeah. And does he become a permanent midfielder? Well, he's, never, new... he's never he's never really played that way. I mean, he's been a burst player. Mm. Um, you'd like him to be like Dugowie, wouldn't you? Yep. To, for for Dugowie, for him to do what And Dugowie he can be. Done. I mean, you feel he can be. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's possible. They, they've got look, they've got a very good list, and they're not old. I, I, would, I would see them starting ahead of Collingwood next year just because of the age of the players. So I think GWS is another club because if you want to look at hard yeah. luck stories, I think GWS, even though they finished down they finished down seventh, but gee, they're they coming lost to like Collingwood by a point, point. and Collingwood coming, win by four points. Yeah, and they're coming like a train at the end of the year. And though. they've still got Cadman to come into that team. Yep. So I, yep. They, they, they go into the next season for me sort of leading... They're, one of, the top, they're one of the top teams. but Meanwhile, Collingwood are premiers. The economy's back on track. <laughs> All is right with the world. For one minute, you're both yeah. Collingwood supporters, lifelong well, Collingwood supporters. You, you don't you don't show your colours in your reporting, but let's just for one minute. You just have for us. No, but I mean, that's all right. I mean, for, just for one moment, just tell me what it was like. You first, oh, Michael. Well, it was mainly because uh, my two boys were there with three of their cousins and they all sat together and the joy and to see them afterwards my youngest Raf is 17 and he's in that absolute sweet spot for a kid for, for footy following you know 17 years old you're watching your team you've been to it he was there we you know he was at the prelim last year in sydney when they lost narrowly and for to the joy for them was was absolutely wonderful jake oh look i think it was more for me it's more my family who follow the club closely, and my dad couldn't go to the game. He's mm, he's no, not not, not that healthy, and decide he he could have got a ticket, but he had a ticket actually, and uh, he he couldn't go. And I probably thought of him the most because um, he's eighty six, and you know you don't mm. know when it's going to happen again. 
So I think that was. Have you sp- you've obviously spoken to him? No, I haven't yet because I've just left it. I'm speaking to. I'm going to go and see him today. So that's that's probably the main thing for me. And I, uh, I yeah, I think I think the thing about the comp is they're so hard to win. And I think for a lot of Collingwood people, the thing I got was relief. And I think that's because they've had so many chances mm. to win premierships, and they're as I put it, contention rich and premiership poor. And uh, so, if you're an Olympian, they'd be right at the top of the table with all those silvers. Yeah, they get a lot of silvers and bronzes. Do, so you, do of... you? But but as a, do you agree that there needed to be fundamental cultural change at the club? I, I, I do. I think I think the change. I don't think everything was wrong with the club. I don't think everything was wrong. I think, but the small changes were really important. I think one of the biggest things that happened, and this is not Nathan Buckley's fault because he's a he's a really decent person and got very close. I think there's less ego at the club. It's 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 lower key. It's got a lower key vibe. People commented about that even at the function last night. Yeah, it, it, on it's, Saturday it's, night. I think I think it's the, the performance becomes the story, not. Everything else. It's also because that. I mean, do, do you Craig, think that's right? Yeah. Well, th- that's my sense, and and Darcy Moore has led that too. But Craig McRae in particular, he's just unrelentingly nice and smiley and cheerful, and and just keeps talking about. I want, like Danny Rojas, I want to bring joy. You know, it's just. So is Darcy Moore though. What, yeah. what about his speech about the Lions? I mean, yeah. that was just beautiful it what was. he said. But I like you know bringing in Bobby Hill, and I just think that he's a classic Craig McRae player. He just tells him to go out there and it's your stage, Bobby. Go and light it up. Have fun. And yeah. Bobby's just, I want to have fun and I'm going to show off in front of 100,000 people. That's some eight I, Indigenous I that, Norm Smith medals now yeah. since 1979, it, two of them to yeah. one bloke, McLeod. It, that's a, proportionately, that's an extraordinary record. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, we, we, we mentioned do better, but I think there's a, there's a few lessons for Collingwood and the game is that posi- a positive psychology seems to be the thing and enjoyment of mm. football and the Dacos's of that because Peter Dacos didn't drill his sons like a drill sergeant he got them to go down and play kick to kick and practice their skills and that was a skillful game some of the skill execution was and, incredible. and on that another Indigenous player in Charlie Cameron had great moments and Charlie hasn't always had great finals but it felt like he had some really important interventions in this game and you, and he's had He's got a terrific record against Collingwood, and you thought this could be the day Charlie Charlie does it as well. And he still had, you know, another Indigenous player on Grand Final day was was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I, did did Bobby Hill really watch Cyril Rioli yeah. highlights in yeah. the morning? Is that well, right? that's what he told me <laughs> straight away. Yep, yep. Said the pressure, the rundown. You know, yeah, jump on your head, jump on heads. I wanted to go and do, wanted to go and do that. As opposed to Jack Ginevan, who went to the races. Oh. Yeah, and he got a bit of a clip from the coach. He did. Yeah. They put out the press release defending him before the game, and after the game, they came clean and gave oh. him a decent clip. Yeah, it was the coach. He yeah, read the room, read the room, read Jack. The room, Jack. <laughs> I think he played a bit like he might have um, had the night out at the races too. <laughs> touch of the old Rat Pack there. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> traces of. Yeah, but. Uh... I mean, he was he, he was lucky, Jack Ginevan, after the season he's had. I mean, he, no, look, he deserved to be in the team. But, you know, you, you look at the heartbreak of Noble, who played, what, yeah. 80 consecutive games or yeah. something and missed out. And I don't think he was even attempting to hide his heartbreak. No. After the game. No, they were – I think the whole family was shattered. And, uh, yes, he, he – um, well, there's always those stories. You know, you saw with Taylor Adams in the rooms as well. He was just in tears. Like, he was happy but – just heartbroken for as well that he wasn't after all that time he wasn't there the heart and he and would soul have been player. he would have played yep 
So that is all we have time for, for this year, this season. Thanks to both of you for joining us and today and throughout We've the season. We've had a bit of fun. We've had a bit of fun, yeah. yeah. Had our so, moments, had our what was the, Just before you go, Caro, what was Gillen's last function like? What? Is it his last? Can we be sure of that? Oh, well, his well, last grand final. I, I, I didn't go to the function this time. Well, they, they put on... Yeah, well, you were working. Um, I was working too when all the speeches were on. But um, And Jimmy Barnes, you know, they all have a great musical act every time. It's no expense spare. We've seen Marsha Hines, John Stevens, Joe Camilleri, Jimmy Barnes. Yeah, they don't have anyone grand... under 70, though. I'm <laughs> oh, speaking of which, a special <laughs> shout-out. Titus O'Reilly made a very funny speech. Uh, Richard Goiter paid tribute again. I mean... You, you and I were both at Gillen's actual farewell yeah. on Thursday night just before the grand final. And um, the speeches there are extraordinary, particularly by Travis Old, who's gone to the Grand Prix. And Kylie Rogers, who became very emotional. Obviously, her husband's not well and Gillen's been a great support to her. And Gillen got very emotional too. Um, but it's time to go. And don't worry, I'm preparing my to-do list for Andrew Dillon. <laughs> um, at the moment, I've got grand final tickets, New South Wales... Indigenous Australians, that's just to name three, and there's a long list to go. Like I said, that is all we have time for. <laughs> good work oh, to no, you too, Michael. A, a special good luck shout at, out good to, luck. to um, Kiss, who were surprisingly very good after climbing out of golf buggies that ferried them out, shuttled them out to the thing, climbing out like... I hate the band, but I had to give them seven and a half out of ten. It was a great performance. They weren't Robbie. They weren't the Killers, but they were pretty good. They weren't Meatloaf either. No, they weren't. But Channel 7 missed the money shot of the smashed guitar, and then he dropped the guitar. I mean, (laughs) it's like missing (laughs) when they miss Buddy's thousands. It was so spinal tap. Anyway, Anyway, that is all we have time for. It was a great day, a great day, and we're all very privileged to write about it and talk about it, aren't we? Absolutely. Thanks all. Thank you. And thanks also to Channel 7 for the audio we've used in this episode. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via email, realfootypod at theage.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening every week. We'll be back each weekday during trade period. We'll catch you then. Listener.